Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because I sent her back to her boyfriend with my handprint on her ass cheek. But, regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. Oh, hell yeah, my thickies. Welcome to the show, everyone. Recording, as always, at Thickness Central. We're going to keep this season two of Mike's Thick Stack rolling, and we're going to start, of course, by hopping straight in to these city shoutouts. So, welcome back to those new friends in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Thanks for hanging with us. Frankfurt and Maine in Germany, you guys are awesome. Hey, to people in Little Grove, love that you're showing up from my hometown. Appreciate it. Ashburn, Virginia, you guys keep coming back, and I thank you greatly. Same with you, San Jose, California. And finally, Miami, Florida, y'all doing it up. Keep doing it up. We love it. All right, friends, we're going to head on over now to Mike's Thickometer. Oh, yeah, Mike's Thickometer. Thick like a king-size Reese's cup, this week clocks in at a 6 out of 10. It's thick. It's pretty thick. I'm not I'm not mad about the thickness here. Uh, this week has a DC lean, uh, and we're going to go ahead and start with those DC books, starting with Action Comics number 1035. I gave this a 3.25 out of 5. Superman bids Earth goodbye and in Tales of Metropolis, Guardian fights against Dismember and his agents. Clark frees Tal La from her chains and realizes she's going to explode. He basically tells Mongol that he's on his way and says goodbye to John, who knows from his future knowledge that he doesn't come back. He says goodbye to the League, who unceremoniously kicks him out. Batman says goodbye in his own way by learning about the Authority. He passes the mantle of Superman to John and then goes to get some quality time, wink wink, with Lois, and then takes his team to War World. In Tales of Metropolis, Guardian finds a ring of kids using a weird version of a Ouija board that's sucking them up. He finds out that it's being done by this villain named Dismember, and he breaks up Dismember and finds that there are thousands of trapped kids inside. Uh, on the pro side, I like that we got a true goodbye from Clark, because so often people just kind of leave. I also enjoyed the emotional weight of the art throughout the issue. The cons for me... Uh, rest on kicking Clark when he's down. He didn't need to be expelled from the league or left out to dry. I also don't like these tale stories. I simply don't care. All right, moving on, we have Batman Superman number 22. I gave this a two and a half out of five. The story here is Calendar Man gets beefed up by Mixie Spillick and takes on the world's finest. Mixie and Calendar Man get brought together after slash during the events of A-Day, which means there's some fifth dimension fuckery afoot. Calendar Man gets the ability to break the fourth wall of comics and uses it to his advantage. He takes on Batman and Superman after discovering Batman is Bruce Wayne. He really gives them a run for their money until he accidentally cuts his arm off with a marker, because comics. At the end, he's helped by Batman and Superman, and then placed back into custody. His memory of Bruce's identity is erased, and his arm is given back to him by Mixie. Pros are, there's a good time full of fifth dimension fuckery, and it's a fun, self-contained story. I really enjoyed the idea that it's a continuous story with all the ads being pushed to the back of the book. The cons for me are that it's an inconsequential story overall. It has a cool premise, but literally meant nothing. 
Counterman also never comes across as a true threat until far too late in the book, which made him really kind of uninteresting to me. Next, we have Checkmate number four out of six. I gave this a three out of five. The Checkmate mystery around Leviathan deepens as they get caught off guard. A big part of this issue is Superman and Lois talking to each other, and Lois asking Clark to look the other way as she does her thing here, which sparks an argument, I guess as much as these two actually argue. She discovers the existence of her brother, Leo. Meanwhile, the rest of the team is ambushed and repels the ambush, and then gets ambushed again by Leviathan. Pros for me on this book are that Maliv's art is generally something special. Whenever he's on a book, Bendis works with him whenever he can, which is delightful. I love the mystery and the detective content in this issue. The cons are that I feel like the story gets bogged down at points, and there's just a lot to keep in mind. Also, a minor complaint, knowing that this is a Bendis book, but Jesus, tap dancing Christ, this book is wordy at times. Moving on to Detective Comics number 1043, I gave this a 3.25 out of 5. It's a story focusing on Christopher Nakano and an attempted coup under the cover of Fear State. Also, there's a backup story for Red Hood and Deb Donovan, as their story gets more intertwined and battier. After a late night mayoral meeting, an attempt is made on Nakano's life, and most of his personal security is compromised. Batman shows up and saves him, but they find some disturbing eggs in the sewer. In the Task Force Z story, Deb Donovan is rescued by Batman and Red Hood is captured and put in charge of a new team of zombies, apparently. The pros for me center on the Nakano-Batman relationship and the art on this. The distrust and hatred that Nakano has for Batman, even though he keeps saving his ass, is great. And I love the way this book looks. Stubble Batman is definitely my favorite Batman. The cons for me are the constant inclusion of a second story instead of focusing on the main story and expanding the narrative. I'm excited for Task Force Z because it sounds fun, but just give it its own book already. Next on the docket we have Icon and Rocket number 3. I give this 4.25 out of 5. The world of Milestone deepens with this issue showing how Icon and Rocket have affected the overall world. By taking down the worldwide drug trade, Icon and Rocket have upset the global economy. It's revealed that there's a way to combat aliens and that they killed baby Superman in the crib by Icon's shape-shifting nemesis. As a result of their actions, their loved ones are now under attack, specifically Rocket's mom at the end of the issue. The pros are the strength of the social storytelling and the art. One of the things I love about Milestone is captured perfectly in this book. The focus specifically on the black experience and how it would affect superhero business differently. Cons for me are Rocket's naive nature. Obviously, this is meant to help her grow, but I see shades of early Damien's arrogance in her at times. This will probably change, and it's minor at best. Solid book overall. Next, we have Justice League number 68. I gave this a 3 out of 5. The League crosses over with Checkmate as Justice League Dark attempts to deal with Merlin and gets reintroduced to an old foe. The thing with the United Planets at the end of last issue gets resolved with literal words and then they leave. Then they come across Checkmate and Leo Lane who are taking on a bunch of Deathstrokes. This ends really awkwardly. Then Justice League Dark squares off with Merlin underwater as he's raised a bunch of the dead. Constantine thinks they've killed Merlin, but it's just a copy. Meanwhile, Zatanna is under attack and the Upside Down Man re-emerges. Prozar, I loved bringing back the Upside Down Man. He's such a powerful, creepy villain. I also love the art in this book for both stories. Cons for me are that the Justice League story felt jumbled and messy. 
I guess is the best way to say it. I also worry a little they're focusing too much on Upside Down Man and Justice League Dark, but whatever, I'm spoiled. Penultimate book here on the DC side, Robin number six. I gave this a 3.75 out of five. The tournament continues. We get some background on a fighter and Robin enacts his plan. Robin destroys his fighter and wants his next battle, but he has to wait. In the downtime, he hangs out with Flatline and gets to know her a little. Then Ravager shows up looking to compare notes on Mother Soul, the organizer of the tournament. The next round of fights is set with Robin going against Respawn, who's an annoying little shit, but it is what it is. Robin gets thrown and steals Mother Soul's book and discovers her identity, but in doing so, is left vulnerable to Respawn at the end of the issue. Pros for me are the art in this book, which is among my favorite of the week, and the action in the book. The art is spectacular to me, and the action gives incredible pace to this book. Cons circle around Damien not being able to let people in. I feel like he's already experienced this growth, and going back to, to this specific version of him could be a misstep. Alright, finally here we have Superman, Son of Kal-El, number 3. Give us a 4.75 out of 5. John continues his journey toward becoming Superman of Earth while Clark leaves. Clark and John save people from a collapsing building from someone who has earthquake powers and can't control them, who's called Faultline, and then they save her too. Then John goes to help Jay, a friend who's at a protest for immigrants, and then gets arrested. After getting bailed out of 45 minutes of hard jail time, Jay goes to the Kent family farm as Clark tells John he's leaving. After Clark leaves, Bendix, the guy who John spoke out against earlier in the issue at the protest, drops fault line on the Kent farm, and it explodes at the end of the issue. The pros for me here are John's activism and the creative team on this book. John being an activist to change the world for the better is such a cool take to me. It shows how superheroes could do more rather than just punching, and it, it's a great allegory for me. And this creative team does such incredible work from writing to art to colors and beyond. Just top-notch. Cons to me, focus on Superman's leaving. He just seems almost douchey about it. He knows the impact, but refuses help when he has all of Earth's heroes at his disposal if he wants it. Alright, we're going to take a quick break after a word from us and some of our friends. And then we're going to jump into these Marvel books. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Hey, everybody. Sam here from the Twisted Cape. If you haven't already done so, be sure to check out the Twisted Cape's Tee Public page, which we have live right now for you to purchase any and all of your clothing needs with Twisted Cape logos on them. We got shirts, socks, maybe. Wow. We got other shirts with hoods on them, and they have longer sleeves. So warm. We got everything you could ever want with Twisted Cape logos on them. So, again, please be sure to check out the Twisted Capes Tee Public page. Check out the link in the description and be sure to pick up your favorite stuff right now. Thanks, everybody. And now, back to Mike's Thick Stack. Oh, hopefully you enjoyed the break. That was a good one. A good one. I got a nice, good stretch in there. All right, we're going to jump into these Marvel books with uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 74. I gave this a 4 out of 5. 
Nick Spencer's run comes to an end and finishes the Kindred Saga with a thick entry, and the next entry gets a setup. There's a lot here, so I'm just going to quickly run it down. There are two Kindreds, Gabe and Sarah. They aren't, in fact, Norman and Gwen's kids, but clones made by Harry. The Harry walking around is a clone. Harry's clone dies in front of Peter after sacrificing himself to save Norman. Pete kicks ass and gets his ass kicked. Much of this is treated as a gambling effort by Doctor Strange and Mephisto. Pete is on the ropes and then gets saved by MJ. The kindred died due to their rapid aging disease, which wrecks Peter on top of Harry because it just reminds him of Gwen and all that he's lost. Mephisto reveals he keeps coming after Pete and MJ because in some way they end his reign later on. Pete and MJ rest up and get together and get a happy ending for now. Then there's a backup story about Ben Parker and how he was a pillar of the community. Finally, there's a prep story for the beginning of the Beyond arc with Ben Riley. Okay, pros are the amount of comic book madness in this issue as well as the incredible amount of artists being thrown at you. It becomes such a fun read when it draws on all this history and keeps shaking up the visual looks. The cons for me are that if this is the first issue you bought, you are L-O-S-T lost. There's a lot going on and even my spidey big brain did a lot of hoops to figure everything out. It's an ending that's almost a little too neat, but I get it. Next up we have Inferno number one. I give this a 475 out of 5. Hickman brings Moira back into the fold and looks to walk away from the X-Men with a big crazy event. The mutants keep trying to stop Nimrod, but keep failing. As Moira is developing a cure for mutants, Mystique and Destiny show up and stop it back in Moira's third life. Moira then takes multiple steps now with Charles and Eric to prevent her from being resurrected and have her existence erased. This is Moira's tenth life, and in case I didn't tell you or you don't know, that's fine. Just want you to know. There's a changing of the guard as Cyclops steps down and Bishop is raised. Psylocke is also raised as well, but there are changes that need to occur on the Quiet Council. Charles and Eric talk about eventual changes to the Council, but Mystique pushes the issue, bringing Destiny to the Council for an immediate vote. Pros lie in the art and depth of storytelling. The story needs to be told, and Hickman knows exactly what he's doing in the narrative that he wants to create. And the art team he has perfectly fits his style of big bombastic story. Cons are that if you haven't been following from the House of X, Powers of X, beginning of all this and all the big changes since Hickman took over, you're drowning in information that you couldn't possibly process properly, even if you wanted to. But that said, it's an excellent book. Then we have Nonstop Spider-Man number five. I gave this a 4.25 out of five. This series comes to an unexpected end, but the action comes through yet again. An intelligence-deprived Spidey fights Zemo and then the Immaculatum to stop them from feeding on more intelligence. But Zemo gets in trouble and needs rescuing. They get thrown out of a plane and Spidey sense becomes invaluable, saving both of their lives. They are washed on an island where Zemo tries to kill Spidey but unleashes a savage man-spider. Pros are the action, artwork, and the overall writing on this title, which has become among my favorite. Writing Zemo as a despicable dick is top-notch, and the action sequences are mind-blowing. Cons are really that the book is ending. Sure, it's spinning into something else, but this is a treat from start to finish. Next up, we have Sword number 8. I give this a 3.5 out of 5. It's a storm-centric issue, with her going up against Tarn to keep her seat as regent on Mars. 
Ororo has been fighting off challenger after challenger. Tarn has gone in direct opposition to Storm, and she tells him to basically meet me outside. They go to fight, but he takes away her powers and deforms her and gloats because he thinks it's done. But she outmaneuvers him and forces him to yield. He finally sees her as being of Arako, or even Ameth, as he says, which he deeply respects. The pros are that I love Storm, and any Storm-centered issue is going to have my undivided attention. I also love political dramas like this, and it played out so well. And let's be real, Storm was meant to be a ruler. Cons for me are that I didn't really love the art in this. Some of the face work was iffy to me, but at other times, it's just really strong. The colors also felt dull to me, but I understand the choices that were made. Next up, we have Thor number 17. I gave this a 4.5 out of 5. Revelations comes to an end here with a lot of character and family drama. Turns out Thor and Odin were actually summoned by Angela, uh, who is with Freya, who is now the god of the hunt. It gets contentious, and Freya decides to separate father from son, so Angela goes and puts Odin in an arena to fight. Thor and Freya have a meaningful conversation about her not being his actual birth mother, and it's a great allegory for parenthood and love not needing to be exclusively genetic. As Thor grapples with the fact that he will never father an heir, Cap calls him to say that Mjolnir is missing. The pros are really how, how long this book has been so strong. It's story driven but includes awesome action pieces like a massive cat with miniguns draped over the sides. Mysteries can constantly deepen and it just keeps rolling. The cons for me are the lack of continued use of certain characters like Angela. She's cool and has a legit claim to the throne of Asgard, but she's not really used that much. Maybe that's more of a Marvel con than a Thor series con than anything. Alright, final Marvel story here. We have Wolverine number 16. I gave this a 2.75 out of 5. Wolverine quests to find the Murumasa Blades through an exchange with the adamantium-skinned Solemn. Solon comes to Logan for help retrieving a missing Murumasa blade and promises to give his up as an incentive. Of course, he gets double-crossed and abandoned, so he tracks Solon down in his little pleasure den. But Emma is backing Logan up as she's looking for the logic diamonds, which Solon has. Logan knows at the end that the hand is about to become a problem for him very soon. Pros for this issue are the art and the action. It looks really good, and there's a lot of really cool set pieces, especially the swashbuckly nature of the boat fight. The cons for me are that the story feels, I don't know, lackluster. Perhaps I want more, but I don't know. It's got a lot of good in it, but it feels like it's trying to do a little too much. We'll see what the next chapter has for us. All right, here we go again with my new favorite part, the weekly ranking. So this week had 14 books overall. Here's how it runs down. In the one spot, we have Superman, Son of Kal-El, number three. In the two spot, Inferno, number one. In the three spot, we have Thor, number 17. In the four spot, we have Icon and Rocket, number three. At five, we have Nonstop Spidey, number five. At six, we have Amazing Spider-Man, number 74. In the seventh spot, we have Robin, number six. In the eighth spot, we have Sword, number eight. In the ninth spot, we have Detective Comics, number 1043. Coming in 10th, we have Action Comics, number 1035. Coming in 11th, we have Justice League, number 68. Next at 12, we have Checkmate, number 3. And rounding out the bottom two here, at 13, we have Wolverine, number 16. And at 14, Batman Superman, number 22. All right, as we wrap up, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter at SpiderMike29 or at the Twisted Cape. 
looking ahead to next week I'm looking forward to talking about from the Marvel side Amazing Spider-Man number 75 Dark Ages number 2 and New Mutants number 22 on the DC side Justice League Infinity number 4 and Batman number 114 follow us on all the socials YouTube Twitter Facebook Twitch Instagram all at the Twisted Cape no spaces and a link is in the show notes we do a weekly show on YouTube which we stream on Twitch at least once a week right now it's twice as far as all the others if you follow us we will follow you in return if you like us and our shows feel free to grab some of our merch from Public, which also has a link in the show notes finally feel free to shoot us feedback on this show to the twistycape at gmail.com and make sure you use the subject line MTX thanks for tuning in so until next time I didn't peak in high school I'm still out here getting cuter. Stay safe, wear a mask, please get that vaccine, and most importantly, stay twisted. Fix that.